Proverbs 13.22, ERV. It is good to have something to pass down to your grandchildren, but wealth hidden away by sinners will be given to those who live right. Welcome back to the season one finale of Melanin Medley. Kings and Queens, we've gone through 10 episodes together. Can you believe this makes our 10th episode? This week, we wrap up the final installment of the Moving Forward series, and of course, figure out what exactly ended in Joseph's Moving Forward series and what thing we should take away as the last installment of the Moving Forward series. Stay tuned. Let us pray. Dear Father God, thank you for being here with us today. Father God, as we go into this last installment of the Moving Forward series, we pray for your wisdom, insight, and understanding about what it is that you want us to take away today. Father God, we've learned so much about moving forward. We've learned so much about ourselves, about you, about your word, and about Joseph's story. But Father God, we know that this world is a lot bigger than just the ones that are standing in it. It's about everybody that's connected to us. So Father God, we pray that as we learn and marinate on this last installment of the Moving Forward series, that you may be able to let it ruminate in our hearts and minds as a daily practice, not just a moment of prayer, but a lifestyle. And as we go into this word, Father God, we rebuke and bind any and all attacks of the enemy. We drown in your presence and pray that there may be more of you and less of ourselves in this moment and allow this word to be in our hearts forever. So it's in all these things we ask, not by our will, but your will. And it's in Jesus name we pray and ask it all. Amen. Welcome back, kings and queens. Let me just start the year off by saying happy holidays, happy new year, and happy dub deuce year. You know, there's a lot that's been going on over the past couple of weeks. Some would say too much. You know, we got this virus running rampant. We lost Betty White. Like, come on, man. 2021 just had to go out with a bang. So I guess they had to take Betty White with them. And that's just not disrespectful. But rest in peace to a real queen. Everybody's forever golden girl. I just want to say that I hope everyone enjoyed their holidays. I hope everyone was safe. I hope everyone was healthy. And even those that are going through it right now, just know that God is the ultimate healer. He will get you through any and everything. It may not look how you want it to look, but you would prefer his way over your way any day. Is that okay? So we're going to go ahead and get started with this episode because I'm so, so excited. The enemy's been doing a lot to try to prevent me from recording this episode, but we're going to get this episode today, okay? So let's go ahead and get started. So today, as you all know, like I said, this is the last episode, episode 10 of season one of Melon Medley. Can you believe we've made it that far? That's insane. That's unheard of. At least for me, like this was such a big goal for me. I'm just so excited that I was able to, by the grace of God, get this out into the world and got to get the glory out of every single one of it. That's what true stewardship looks like. So without further ado, let's hop into this episode. Kings and Queens, we've talked about moving forward in so many different ways. In this season, we've learned that moving forward requires a new vision, clear whys for your current season, God's plan, growing, evolving, and keeping your why at the center. That is the most crucial. And you got to understand that God's placed you here. He's placed you here for a reason. And if ever you feel out of line of where he's called you to be, it throws off someone else's deliverance 
that was connected to you. Remember that when you're trying to move forward and evolve and let go of things that no longer serve you, the selfishness that once ruminated in your heart dies here as well. It was never about you, but always about God and his people. As we think about this, let's reflect on the parts that we've already understood for our moving forward journey. In part one, we learned about our foundation. What is at the core root of our moving forward series? Here we define who and what we needed to move forward from. In part two, we reminisced about who was in control here. And this is when we got introduced to Joseph's story. We learned about what we can and can't control and what God's in control of. But this was the most important part of us reflecting on when we're moving forward, we can try our best to try to get rid of that past thought, get rid of that past feeling, get rid of that past thing or person. But ultimately, none of that is in your control. And when we surrender and really submit to the mission that God has given us in our lives, he is and will forever be in control of whatever it is that we've been called to do. So no matter what you're moving forward from, he is in control. That is the most important part. So when we go on, we also learned in part three about this idea in this lifestyle of stewardship. In this, we tried to learn more about Joseph's story and what his journey looked like when he was stewarding over Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife was acting crazy and all of that. But stewardship in the Moving Forward series has nothing to do with you representing all of your accolades and everything that you got going on, but more so what you do with something, even when it's within reach of what God has given you. And then in part four, we learned about letting God define your why. Letting God be in control and letting him actually put some language around what it is that you're moving forward from and why you're moving forward from it. He gave us insight into how to use our spiritual gifts and even what it means to interact with the people that you may encounter along the way of your moving forward journey. Because even though you may encounter different people, they may very well be there at the same time as you, but are there for different reasons. And then in last week's episode, we learned about what it meant to move forward and then be revisited by people from your past. This is when we took that comparison between our return policy, Joseph's return policy, and God's return policy. And what's the best practice to deal with these people who come back to pay us a visit? Now, after all of this, we find ourselves at the end, so to speak, of our moving forward journey. We've watched Joseph get thrown into slavery, become a slave, be lied on, thrown into prison. And then while he's in prison, the people that were in there with him get thrown out before him, even though one died. But then he's worked his way up to becoming the top governor of Egypt. Then after that, Joseph's brothers come to visit him in Egypt while he's the governor. Even though his father sent them there, he's encountering them for the first time in a very long time. And... During this time, he's also encountering his youngest brother, who he had never met before then. And we're picking up in the story where Judah, Joseph's brother, is pleading with Joseph to let Benjamin go. Ultimately here, we're trying to figure out this week, after all that's said and done, what happens after we've moved forward? What's at the end of this thing? So let's review our anchor scripture, Philippians 3, verses 13 through 16, the one scripture that has helped us get through 
this entire series. So it reads, verse 13, no dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Kings and Queens, we've read the scripture over and over and over again, but I believe in this episode, we'll finally be able to see why exactly God wanted us to use this as our anchor scripture. Amen? So let's go ahead and read Genesis 45, picking up in verse 1. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Verse 3, Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother, Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me there because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been a famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then... It was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household and ruler of all of Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is why your son Joseph says, God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me. You, your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds and all you have. I will provide for you there because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. You can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that it is really I who am speaking to you. Verse 13, tell my father about all the honor accorded me in Egypt and about everything you have seen, and bring my father down here quickly. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept, and Benjamin embraced him, weeping, and he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Afterward, his brothers talked with him. When the news reached Pharaoh's palace that Joseph's brothers had come, Pharaoh and all his officials were pleased. Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers, do this. Load your animals and return to the land of Canaan and bring your father and your families back to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt and you can enjoy the fat of the land. Verse 19, you are also directed to tell them, do this. Take some carts from Egypt for your children and your wives and get your father and come. Never mind about your belongings because the best of all of Egypt will be yours. Verse 21. So the sons of Israel did this. Joseph gave them the carts as Pharaoh had commanded, and he also gave them provisions for their journey. Verse 22. To each of them, he gave new clothing, but to Benjamin, he gave 300 shekels of silver and five sets of clothes. And this is what he sent to his father. 10 donkeys loaded with the best things of Egypt and 10 female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and other provisions for his journey. Then he sent his brothers away and as they were leaving, he said to them, don't quarrel on the way. So here, kings and queens, we get a full synopsis of what has occurred at the end, so to speak, of Joseph's moving forward season. 
he went back and forth with his brothers about go send me Benjamin. I'm not letting this brother go until you let me see Benjamin in the last episode. But in this episode, he finally reveals his true identity to his brothers and his brothers are shocked. And while Joseph is being overheard by Pharaoh and the entire palace about him crying that he is who he says he is, Joseph's also giving us a little bit of insight about what happens not only at the end of your moving forward season, but also a little bit to tie the loose ends of what happened in the last episode. So in the last episode, we kind of learned about like what it meant to encounter your past and how most of the time when we encounter them, it's never really for them to see you, but for them to see God. So the decision is really left up to us on whether or not we reveal our true identity to them. And in Joseph's case, he ended up revealing it to them. And it was to once again reemphasize that they had no control of sending him there, but more so that God sent them there and that God sent Joseph there in this season so that he may get the honor and glory that he rightfully deserves for getting and delivering Joseph through that difficult season. So if we look back at verses one through three, we can get a few gems out of this. For one, there's no audience when Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. So let's go back and read it. It says, and then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants and he cried out, have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. Verse two, and he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Verse three, Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. I draw your attention back to these three verses specifically because we see that Joseph sent out all the palace people out of the room so that he could have this intimate moment with his brother. And I say this because when you're in your moving forward season, and you're encountering your past, let's just try to tie up what we learned last episode, you won't have to have this whole audience to try to prove to people who you are because there won't be an audience. And then even on top of that, the people that you're trying to prove yourself to very well may be speechless to see that you've made it as far as God said you would. On top of that, like while Joseph is literally hooping and hollering to his brothers about his true identity, the Egyptians could overhear all of this. They could hear what was happening in there and they could hear Joseph's cries. So could it be that the people that are bystanders to your moving forward season may be able to hear what's going on in your other room? They may be able to hear about your past. They may be able to hear about your testimony. In the case of Pharaoh's household, them overhearing is impacted them by extension because they weren't physically there in the room. What am I trying to say here? I'm saying in your moving forward season, you don't necessarily have to tell people about your past and not necessarily when you face your past, but you don't have to do the work of going back and telling people you've made it. They'll hear about it and they'll hear about you without you ever having to say a word. And if that's not the most empowering thing about your moving forward season, this literally kills the selfishness, kills the having the need to clap back. This kills every source of pride within you because the most glorifying thing God has gifted you with is the gift of through the grapevine. You won't ever have to encounter that person again. You won't ever have to encounter that habit. You won't even have to encounter that business again because they're gonna hear about you without you ever having to say a word. 
keeping that thought in mind with your moving forward season, there's so many other things that you have to busy yourself with. There are so many other things that God has tasked you with that you don't have time to be going back and letting people know that you made it and all this stuff because in due season when God deems it right, like we learned in the last season, like we learned in the last episode, your past will come back to pay you a visit, but it's who God has ordained to come back to you. You don't go seeking them out. You keep trekking after what God has called you to. So let's keep going. There are a few things that we learned in this last installment of the Moving Forward season that I feel like we just have to highlight here. When we think about Joseph's entire Moving Forward season, it's boiled down to a couple of points. One point being, your Moving Forward season produces fruit. What do I mean by this? In a lot of what we learned in Joseph's season, He's had to deal with people lying on him, doubting him, undermining him, and manipulating him almost his entire life. He's not innocent of all of these things, but it's within this that you're able to see a lot of Joseph's character dying and being resurrected all at the same time. So what is the importance of this? What does this have to do with concluding your moving forward season? For those that aren't familiar, the fruit of the spirit can be found in Galatians 5 verses 23 through 23, where we find it listed as love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And when we exhibit all of these characteristics, it's considered to be the fruit or the evidence of the spirit living within us. I found this is a very interesting topic to bring up as we conclude the Moving Forward series because... When we look at Joseph's name, the word fruit can be clearly seen in his character. You can see it in how he's interacting with his brothers at this moment. It takes a level of humility and humbleness to be able to extend kindness like we see here to his brothers after everything they took him through. When we think of the word fruit, fruitfulness isn't far removed from God's truth. So much so that if we go back to Genesis 41, we're able to get a glance into how Joseph has taken this term of fruitfulness and integrated into his moving forward season. So let's pick up in Genesis 41 verses 50 and keep going to see where this word comes up. So it says, before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by Azanath, daughter of Potiphar, priest of On. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, It is because God has made me forget all my trouble in all my father's household. Verse 52, the second son he named Ephraim and said, It is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. So here we see that Joseph not only integrated being fruitful in terms of him using his spiritual gifts for God's glory, honoring those that have nothing to do with his blessing, but everything to do with who God has called him to be, and even so much encountering his past to give God the honor and glory. He exhibited fruit in that way, but he also used the fruit to be able to name or put language on the things that God has already blessed him with in the midst of everything that he was going through. So when God places us in our moving forward season, he wants us to produce fruit, But also he wants us to make it known that where we currently are in our moving forward season can produce fruit. 
And it says it so much so that God is constantly trying to get us out of the mindset that just because where we are is barren, just because where we are doesn't look like where we want to be, just because of the people that we've surrounded ourselves with in one season have left us and now we have no one to surround ourselves with right now, just because all of that is happening, that does not prevent God from producing fruit. Every seed that is sown good or bad must produce fruit. That is the way of life. That is how things are going. As long as it's watered, as long as it's nurtured, as long as it's being fed every single day, it is going to produce fruit. So if you want to be in your moving forward season and continue to produce bad fruit, continue to produce bad habits, continue to produce old mindsets, you will continue to bear old habits, bear bad fruit, bear things that you don't want to keep putting up with. Do you want to keep bearing with that? Or do you want to produce good fruit, good things that are be able to speak life into you, surround yourself with things that'll be nourishing not only to your body, but to your spirit, be able to be fruitful in other people's lives. And that is the whole point of this point of the Moving Forward series. Your moving forward journey must produce fruit. It will produce fruit. There's no way of getting around that. And Joseph took the mindset of taking his second born son and declaring it to be fruitful. Even though it wasn't where he wanted to be in his life, it was fruitful. So when we're in our moving forward season, we will produce fruit. Now, the good question of that fruit is what kind of fruit will you produce in your moving forward season? Will you continue to sow seeds into things that you want to let go of? Or will you continue to sow seeds into things that you'd like to have, you wish you had, you thought you had? Think about it. What kind of fruit do you want to see in your life? Yes, this is how you've always been. Yes, this is how they used to think about you. Yes, this is what you refer to yourself as, but do you really want to live your whole life producing anything less than the fruit of the Spirit? Do you want to live your whole life thinking that just because people have called you this their entire lives that you can't make a change, that God has not done a really good work in you for you to choose a different path? Just some food for thought. Another thing to consider in your moving forward season is that it's intended for you to be blessed beyond measure and blessed to be a blessing. Now, understand this. Joseph's journey was anything less than ideal. It's very semi-charmed if you ask me. But I think like we learned in the previous point, it was going to produce fruit whether he wanted to produce it or not. And one thing that God wants us to learn from this is your faithfulness is to set up their faith. What I mean by this is it doesn't take much for other people to waver in their faith. It doesn't take much for us to waver in our faith, but God positions us so that when other people are wavering in their faith, when other people are unsure if God's really there, if other people are unsure if they can really make it through their moving forward season, they're able to look at you and see God and see that God is not forgotten about them. So how does this connect back to Joseph's story? We see this more so in Genesis 46, when after Joseph has sent his brothers on his way to bring Jacob back to them, Joseph is able to invoke some hope into Jacob's lives of being able to see his son again, because there was a season in which Jacob thought he'd never see his son again. But then we're able to get a glimpse into Jacob's faith and how Joseph's faithfulness invoked faith into Jacob. So let's look at Genesis 46, when verse 1 where it reads, So Israel set out with all that was his, and when he reached Beersheba, he offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. And God spoke to Israel in a vision at night and said, Jacob, Jacob. 
Here I am, Jacob replied. I am God, the God of your father, he said. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you into a great nation there. I will go down to Egypt with you, and I will surely bring you back again, and Joseph's own hand will close your eyes. So when we see this, we're able to see that Jacob has an established relationship with God. But God is able to speak life into whatever Jacob felt like he would never see again. In Jacob's case, he felt like he would never see his son Joseph again. And God is able to speak directly to Jacob because of Joseph's faithfulness. If Joseph hadn't been faithful, he wouldn't even be able to give his father the hope that he needed to be able to see his son again. It doesn't take Jacob much convincing once he realized that God commanded Joseph to bring him there. Jacob is able to experience God's faithfulness through Joseph. And when you're faithful, God's using you to increase the faith of those around you. Now, when we look at Jacob before, Jacob is hesitant. He doesn't really want to send his sons to Egypt. He's sending them to get the food so he can stay home. He doesn't want to send Benjamin nowhere. Like he's very hesitant. But now Jacob is being sent, almost being declared by God to go where he has sent him to go. So when we think about our moving forward season, we have to remember that everything we've worked for, everything that worked for God's grace is so that you are able to be a reservoir or a beacon for others to see God's faithfulness. And we see this in Genesis 45 verses 21 through 24, where it's like Joseph has acquired all of this wealth, all of this status, all of these things as his position of governor in Egypt so that he's able to give it away. We see this in verse 21 through 24. It reads, So the sons of Israel did this. Joseph gave them carts as Pharaoh had commanded, and he also gave them provisions for their journey. To each of them he gave new clothing, but to Benjamin he gave 300 shekels of silver and five sets of clothes. And this is what he sent to his father, 10 donkeys loaded with the best things of Egypt and 10 female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and other provisions for his journey. Then he sent his brothers away. And as they were leaving, he said to them, don't quarrel on the way. Do you ever want to be so far from your moving forward journey that you cannot bless people with abundance on top of what they just need to get through wherever they're trying to go on their own journey? Joseph had more than enough to sustain himself. He had more than enough to give to his brothers, but he gave on top of that additional provisions. For those that don't know, provisions are basically resources that you need to be able to do whatever it is that you're supposed to be doing. That could be used in a secular sense and in a biblical sense, but we're about our father's business. So when we're given provisions, it is so that we are able to not only bless those that we're connected to, but that they could be blessed to be blessed to be a blessing. And we never want to be able to keep all those things to ourselves, but we always want to make sure that whatever God is blessing us with, that we give it back to him in that tithe and offering in 10%, but we're also able to properly allocate it as God sees fit. Because Joseph didn't go all willy-nilly. He could have easily been able to set up a lottery in Egypt, have people submit a little bit of money so that he's able to auction off whatever he has, but God had a plan for what he blessed him with. So when you're in your moving forward season and you're blessed with something, take a look around at what you have. Take a look around with what God has given you and wonder and question and ask God for guidance on 
Why did you bless me with this? And how can I be blessed beyond measure or blessed to be a blessing? Because when you get focused on what it is that you're lacking, when you get focused on what it is that you had, and when you get focused on what it is that you don't have, you lose sight of what it is that you're living in abundance with. Are you living in abundance of being able to speak life into other people? Are you living in an abundance of being able to sing to the hearts of those that may be heartbroken? Are you losing out on the opportunity to use your podcast as a platform to perpetuate the blessings of others? Are you using something? There's something that God has gifted you with. There's something that you're living in abundance with, but have you identified it? And have you been using it to be blessed, to be a blessing and to be blessed beyond measure? Are you gifted at being able to look into a situation or look at a problem and be able to solve it like that without ever having to touch a thing? Are you blessed to be able to cook meals or make clothes or help me, Holy Spirit, what is it? To be able to design, to be able to make numbers right, to be able to make money, to be able to really design or do hair, whatever it may be, Holy Spirit, help me to be able to help people tutor themselves out of a class that they may be struggling with. Help me, Holy Spirit, to be able to help people to be able to identify what it is that they are able to speak life into them, that whenever they feel like they're doubting themselves, are you able to write a nice encouraging note to all of your friends via text, via email, via handwritten letter, whatever it may be? What is it that you are in abundance with? That you could do it so easily that it's nothing to it but to do it. That you are able to be blessed, to be a blessing, and blessed beyond measure. Just think about that. Because yeah, you're moving forward, season's done. Yes, you've gotten where you want it to be, whatever. But there's something that you're living in abundance with that God is saying, I need you to use that. Because when I gave it to you, it had nothing to do with you, but everybody that is connected to you. And that brings me to my next point. In your moving forward season, it has nothing to do with you, but those that'll come after you. Now, when I say it like this, people mostly think about legacy, like the children and their children and their children and their children and that song. They think about that. But I feel like the Holy Spirit is calling us to identify the next generation. That doesn't necessarily mean that you were called to the ministry of being a parent. That means that whatever it is that God has placed you in for this moving forward season, it had nothing to do with you, but everything to do with those that'll come after you. What do I mean by this? Joseph had an assignment by God to do whatever that dream that he was to do. That was an assignment given to him. How is this tied to being blessed to be a blessing? How does this tie to having nothing to do with you but those that come after you? Benjamin. Every time that we've seen Benjamin since Joseph has met him, he's gotten a lot more than all of his brothers and sisters. And if I were the other brothers, I would wonder... Why is Benjamin getting so much stuff? We see this in Genesis 43 and again in Genesis 45. Let's just go back to verses 21 through 24. So the sons of Israel did this. Joseph gave them carts as Pharaoh had commanded and he also gave them provisions for their journey. To each of them, he gave new clothing, but to Benjamin, he gave 300 shekels of silver and five sets of clothes. So when we just look at that part of verse 22, 
all the other brothers got their stuff, but Benjamin got extra clothes and extra shekels. Why is that? Because when we're moving forward, it's to pave the way of the generations that come after you, the ones that are coming behind you. It's not looking for how it's going to get done, but for our obedience to see that it gets done. Joseph doesn't know who Benjamin is, who he was. Like Benjamin really doesn't have any true connection or relationship with Joseph outside of just being his brother. But the significance of this is that the whole time God was trying to purge these things for him. So when the promise came, Joseph would have the mindset to be able to help his brother Benjamin. This entire time, God was preparing Joseph to be able to let go of selfishness when he could have stood up in pride and said that I'm not about to be a slave because I have already been told by God that I'm going to be ruling over all these nations and he wanted to be the king right then and there. He would have missed out on the opportunity for God to allow him to walk into humility. When God was instructed by Potiphar to be able to be the Lord over the house, he would have missed out on the opportunity to be able to understand what it meant to be in stewardship. When God gave Joseph the opportunity to interpret dreams to other prisoners, he would have missed out on the opportunity to be able to steward well over those individuals who were his peers. And this worked him all the way up to be the governor of his house. So when he is encountering his brother, who did nothing to work for everything that Joseph worked for, but to be given to it freely. God has already operated in his art to purge these things, purge these thoughts, purge these mentalities from him to think that everything that he's worked for was for him. God prepared Joseph for the mindset that everything that Joseph worked for was so that Benjamin, Benjamin's kids, Benjamin's kids' kids could be able to reap the benefits of what Joseph has been working on, or more so understand that God isn't a one generation God. He's a God that goes from generation to generation to generation. He does not confine his blessings to one specific person nor one specific generation. This gives us insight into how Joseph is able to teach, lead, honor, and advise the next generation. God wants us to teach, lead, honor, and advise the next generation. And for those that don't have kids yet, for those that don't have younger siblings, you're not counted out of this. Just because you don't have these kind of connections for a next generation, that doesn't leave you out of the game for stewardship. You may say, I don't have nothing to steward over. I don't have any descendants. What about the next candidate for your role at the job you're leaving? What about the next relationship of the individual that you know you have no business with, but you need to move on from? What about the next person in line for the house that you're about to give away? What about the next person in line for the car you're about to give away? What about the next person in line for the class that you're about to get out of? For the student that's entering into the college that you're about to graduate from? What about the person that you're currently in relationship with, like let's say like a friend that is preparing themselves for a new romantic relationship? How are you stewarding well over them so that when you're in your romantic relationship, they're able to speak life into them? Or when you're in your next romantic relationship, you're able to speak life into them and they're able to speak life into you when you're in yours. Or what about, yeah, your money's tight, but how are you teaching people to 
steward well over the little money that they have as college students. Because you know, y'all are living by penny to penny to get through college. But how can you teach your peers or the next college student or even the college students that are way older than you how to make it with what they currently have and still trust God? What if you were the only person in your circle that has the faith to believe in Jesus Christ? How are you preparing the next believer to be able to step out in faith and say that it can be done at a young age, at an old age? How are you preparing your kids to be able to move out the house? It's all about preparation and stewardship. It does not matter if you don't have kids yet. It does not matter if you don't have younger siblings. It does not matter. None of it matters. It's a breeding ground. This season right here, it's a breeding ground to prepare you the thing or the person you're surrounded by for next. Someone behind you may be wavering in their faith, questioning the point of their breakup, unsure of their blank. Whatever it is, God has called you to be the answer for them. And because you're in their lives, your faithfulness will allow God's work to be given glory because when they wonder how you did it, you can point back to God, not the resources of the blessing. So when they wonder, how were they able to bounce back? Because, oof, that girl was crazy. They were crazy. That girl had him going around in circles and talking to himself. But how was he able to bounce back and get such a wonderful woman of God? Man, I know. They were broke. They went bankrupt four times. Why are they on YouTube talking about some generational wealth? Man, I know they not talking. They don't have no car and they talking about how to refinance a home and refinance on a new car? How are they able to do that? Because it had nothing to do with them. But say it with me, had everything to do with those that will come after them. Your faithfulness will invoke a lot of hope and power that may be dormant in the people that you've surrounded yourself with on a daily basis. But had you not really tapped into this moving forward season, had you not really taken this season seriously, you're preventing them from being able to bypass all of the obstacles that you had to encounter on the first try. So I know some of my saints are wondering, well, what does that have to do with Joseph's story? What does that have to tie in with my moving forward series? I don't see any scripture, blah, blah, blah. I got you. How does this apply to Joseph's story? Because Had Joseph not gone through that, had he not gone through every single thing his brothers had took him through, there would be no Benjamin. There would be no reunification of the brothers. And when you think about your moving forward, your moving forward is attached to something bigger than you. Why do I say that? Let's look at Genesis 49. Now, Genesis 49 is really, really important. Because this is the last time we are able to see Jacob and all of his sons reunited under the same kind of blessing before Joseph and his brothers have to suffer his father's passing. Now, why is this blessing so important? Kings and queens, this blessing is so important because without Jacob giving this blessing, we would have never have established the 12 tribes of Israel. I kid you not. If you go to Genesis 49 and look at verse 28, this is after Jacob has sent his blessings to each and every one of his sons. It reads, 
All these are the 12 tribes of Israel. And this is what their father said to them when he blessed them, giving each the blessing appropriate to him. Now, when God sets out for a mission, he doesn't do all of this just to be all willy-nilly. He has a plan for every single one of the things. So when Joseph went through what he went through, Jacob was able to father Benjamin, thus completing the entire dozen of the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, had Joseph not gone through that, would we have ever seen Benjamin? Hmm, I don't know. But these 12 tribes would serve as the foundations to the birth stories of Rahab, Boaz, David, Ruth. And believe it or not, our Lord and Savior, Jesus, in order for Jesus to be born, 42 generations of people dating back to Abraham had to be born. For those that don't know, when I counted the 42 generations, I was combining this little nugget that I found in Matthew 1. Now, no, I'm not about to read every single one of them, but I feel like one thing that I should highlight is that in Matthew 1, verse 16, it reads, Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, by whom Jesus was born, who is called the Messiah, Christ. 42 generations of people moving forward, all of them people, every single one of them. The historian in me wants to set the record straight in stating that Joseph did not live 42 generations to be the stepfather to Jesus. That did not happen. But I want to point it out because let's go on to read in verse 17 of Matthew 1. It says, so all the generations from Abraham to David are 14, from David to the Babylonian departure, exile, 14 generations, and from the Babylonian deportation to the Messiah, 14 generations. So three sets of 14 generations, that's how I got the number 42. Just a little quick math there. But I truly believe the importance of me bringing up that number was so that you all could see No, Joseph didn't live 42 generations to father Jesus, so relax. But could it be that your name, your moving forward journey, your story is so much bigger than you that God would so much as use your name once again to be able to identify that God is here in the midst? That could be a bit of a stretch depending on how you dice it. But I just thought that was a really interesting point, especially in terms of us identifying with our moving forward journey. So much so that God wants to use my name again, my name to bring in the Messiah. Oh, excuse me. So that has to be quite an honor. I know that Joseph was looking at God like, you really going to use my name again? Okay, okay, I see you. But anywho... Would it be so selfish that we lose sight of 42 generations of people after us simply because we're keeping whatever it is that we're living in abundance with to ourselves? Could it be that your name is so important, so much bigger than you, that God would need it to father the bloodline of a generation's salvation? Why am I harping on this so much? Because this gem of the Moving Forward series is so important that I don't want you to miss it. And that is, again, 
your moving forward journey had nothing to do with you, but those that'll come after you. So let's move on. Stuff to keep in mind, some of the stuff we've heard already, some of the stuff I just want to drive home. Another gem, your moving forward journey gives you a new identity. Remember, before Jacob passed, Jacob gave all of these blessings to his son. An even more specific one to Joseph. And this is so good, y'all. I almost overlooked it, but I was just like, Holy Spirit, I'm so ready to wrap all of this up. But he's like, don't you miss this part? So I'm like, all right, I hear you. I'm going to do it. So when we look at Genesis 49 in the NIV version, we see Joseph's blessing. Verse 22, Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over a wall. With bitterness, archers attacked him. They shot at him with hostility, but his bow remained steady. His strong arm stayed limber. Because of the hand of the mighty one of Jacob, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel, because of your father's God who helped you, because of the almighty who blesses you with blessings of the skies above, blessings of the deep springs below, blessings of the breast and womb, your father's blessings are greater than the blessings of the ancient mountains, than the bounty of the aged old hills. Let all these rest on the head of Joseph, on the brow of the prince among his brothers." Now, once again, y'all, we already said this in the first point, but let me drive it forward again. Joseph is declared to be fruitful, not only fruitful, but a fruitful vine. Now, Jacob was very fruitful in his descendants, and he took his grandfather Abraham's promise very seriously. But he calls Joseph fruitful. And your name may not be Joseph, but you could adopt it for yourself as a mantra. I am fruitful. I am a fruitful vine. Let's try it. Joseph is a fruitful vine. Say, your name is a fruitful vine. A fruitful vine near a spring. So when you're reviewing just a little nugget, maybe to write down when you're feeling kind of low, when you're feeling like you don't even understand the point of moving forward, when you're feeling like you're losing sight of the whole reason you're doing this, go ahead and check out Genesis 49 verses 22 through 26 and write down this entire blessing as your own secret mantra because it'll really help keep you grounded and understand that you have a new identity in your moving forward season. So use it as a mantra. Now, the next point that I wanna bring up is your moving forward season reaches a point of atonement. Now, what I mean by atonement is that when others are tempted to apologize to you or the thing that wronged you, it reaches a point where your mind should be so far past the amount of atonement that this individual, these businesses, this thought process, or this habit may have brought you to. And you may not think of all they've done because you've gained God's perspective of your entire journey. Before you're racked with guilt and sadness of what you didn't get, what you wish you had, you gotta remember, like we learned before, that the vengeance is God's and God has led you this far that dealing with those emotions, dealing with the trespasses of all that, submit it to him. He's not afraid of your emotions and recognize that you're in really good hands. So don't be petty 
but operate out of the fruit that God has given us freely. And we see this in Genesis 50. This is like the marquee, the season finale of Joseph's moving forward journey. So I only saw it fitting that we read it for our season finale. And it reads in verses 18 through 21, his brothers then came and threw themselves down before Joseph, Joseph's brothers. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. So we already know like kindness is a part of the fruit of the spirit. But what I want you all to get from this is every monkey wrench, every insult, every prison paralysis, every time they looked over him, every time they walked over him, talked over him, doubted him, deceived him, betrayed him, lied on him, lied about him. All of that was the whole point. It wasn't in vain. It was for God's glory to be shown and save many lives. So all that deception, all the stuff that people have brought you through, it was for the saving of many lives. Think about Jesus. Jesus went through all of this stuff with many people saying, you shouldn't be sitting with sinners. You shouldn't be talking to prostitutes. You shouldn't be talking with the greedy and the gluttony people. You shouldn't be doing that. But at the end of his journey, at the end of Jesus's moving forward journey, he was able to save all of us. He was able to help all of our sins be forgiven. So when you're thinking about your moving forward season, it reaches a point of atonement. Everything that you've been through has to be surrendered to God so that you may be able to reach a point in your life where you're able to walk in forgiveness. Now, Joseph could have very easily been petty with his brothers, been very brutal, been very disrespectful. Like, I'm not dealing with y'all. Matter of fact, dad's dead, so y'all dead to me, period. Like, he could have done that, but he didn't do that. Because if there's nothing you get out of this entire series, and I say this all the time, but I really mean this point right here, the whole point of your moving forward season is for you to walk in a level of humility and forgiveness like never before. Yes, these people have wronged you. But if you look at yourself like the true sinner that you are, you've wronged several people too. But God has given you the grace and forgiveness to be able to walk in freedom and peace every single day to never think twice about what happened or think twice of what you've done. So when these people come back, these businesses come back, these old thoughts come back, God wants you to operate in a lifestyle of forgiveness in your moving forward season. That forgiveness will leave you more wealthy on this planet than any money, any job, any relationship, any deals, any kind of habit, any kind of free form thing that you would like to do in this life will leave you destitute compared to the wealth that is in forgiveness. That is what moving forward is about. Operating in the spirit of humility. Now that's some strong stuff right there. And I've pretty much covered all of my points that I wanted you all to walk away with in this Moving Forward series. 
But I feel like there are some people out there that are like, well, what was the point, again, of all of this? And I feel like God is saying, you have to keep your why at the focus of why you're doing this. And it ties up the anchor scripture because when you keep God's perspective of why you're doing this, you're able to walk in a grace and a pace that only God could be able to regulate. And when you try to start operating outside of that, your mind gets jaded, your spirit gets discouraged, and you don't really feel as empowered as you thought you were. So instead of reading it in the same version that we've been reading it, we're going to read Philippians 3 verses 15 through 16 in the message version. And it says, so let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us. If any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. So when we're out of step, we look towards others for approval. Like similar to when we're driving on the expressway or we're driving and you realize like you're going at a slower pace than someone that's driving beside you or you see an exit with food, road trip for me because I like eating, but you see an exit with food. You got all of these different directions that you can go in. And when you think of the fast lane, think of comparison. Think about the pressure of having to be able to compare yourself to other people's moving forward season. When you think about the exit, think about the delay. Yes, you can get out of your moving forward season early, but you may very well be delaying your promise or be delaying the blessing of not only yourself, but the others that are attached to you. And let's think about traffic. When you're sitting in traffic, it very well may be the pace that God wants you to move at in this season. So don't get impatient. Turn up the music. Turn up the conversations that you're having with God or even try to speak life into other people because God very well may have you there once again to utilize what you have in abundance. So stay in that traffic and think about the condition of you as a driver. Are you sleepy? Are you energized, motivated? Are you discouraged? Are you doubtful? All of these things you have to keep in mind when you're on a road trip or when you're driving, period. And if the condition of the driver or the spirit of the driver isn't in good form, how can God utilize that? How can God utilize your faith if you don't even have the faith to be able to keep going? Are you asking God to fill you up with the faith that you don't have? Things to keep in mind. So you know you have to stay in your own lane. You know that God has a race set out just for you. So when your vision is not clear, when it's cloudy or it needs to be calibrated, ask God. And if you're going after God's plan, he'll correct it for you. So don't stop to see what others are doing. Reflect on how far you've been moving forward journey. Yes, you're more likely to give up, reverse, backslide, pedal, and doubt your way. Like this stuff happens, but you can't do that because you want the best that God has for you. He wants the best that he has for you. When you feel like giving up, that just shows your humanity, but it even gives God an open door to what it is he needs to start speaking life into. Because if there's anything that you may lack, like if you feel like you've gotten this far in your journey and it's not working, God may be able to speak life into that specific thing. 
So you got to invite him into that. So how do you go after what God has for us? Make sure you have accountability. Align with those who desire what you desire. So if I desire to have healthy, godly friendships, I have to surround myself that are going after the same kind of relationship with God that I want to have with God. And if I want to go after a healthy career, I have to surround myself with other believers who may not be in the same field, but understand that God is in charge of promotion and elevation, not the man that's looking at my application. If I want to start preparing myself for a good podcast, I have to invite God into the space of giving me wisdom and insight and understanding of what kind of people he wants me to surround myself with. Because yes, I could be like, oh, I need to learn how to become a billionaire before I'm 50. Yeah, I could connect myself with other people, but not all people are godly people. So you have to make sure that when you're surrounded by people who will hold you accountable and will humanize the walk that you have with Jesus, you're able to learn about Christ's character. And yes, all of the individuals that you surround yourself are fallen people. Heck, everybody in the Bible were fallen people except for Jesus. But God uses those imperfections to hold us accountable to him so that whenever we feel like we're fallen, all we have to do is pick each other up in prayer and keep running the race that God set out for us. How do you go after what God has for us? Not only do you have to look for accountability, but look for affirmations. We talked about it in Genesis 49. Review that blessing for Joseph and declare it over yourself. Remember to pray. Remember to keep your why at the forefront of why you're moving forward. How do you go after what God has for us? You got accountability. You got affirmations. Let's look at access. That means limiting or fasting the things that you take in. That means surrounding your mind and preparing your mind and your heart for God to do a good work in you. That means remember to identify who has access to your energy. That could be people, that could be secular, that could be biblical. What are you allowing to have access to your moving forward journey? People who are against you or people who are for you. The enemy is real. So when the enemy wants to see you feel and revel in your demise, he'll send people, he'll send demons, he'll send these things to come disrupt whatever plan God has for you because he does not want to see you win. So when you are unsure of a relationship, when you're unsure of a career, when you're unsure if you're falling back into that old habit, what energy are you inviting into your circle? Are you inviting those that are going to speak death into it? Are you inviting those like, yeah, you know, I tried that celibacy thing. It didn't work. Or are you inviting those that are like, yeah, you know, I haven't tried it. But if you feel like that's what God's calling you to do, let's do it. Let's figure it out. Let's pray about it. Let's see where God's going to take us. If your whole family has been living in poverty and you're the first one to stand up in your family and be like, I don't ever want to live and poverty. In fact, I want everybody in my family to be liberated and debt-free, and I want to be blessed to be a blessing to be able to do that. Are you surrounding yourself with like-minded believers? Not everybody can have access to you. So we live in a fallen world, so we have to develop a God-like appetite. We can't keep feeding our flesh all of these worldly things and expect to have a godly perspective. We have to be nourishing unto things that are godly. We can't brag about shameful things. We can't act in 
things that are not operating in humility. We can't be arrogant because it doesn't manifest the fruit of the spirit. Because this life on earth is full of selfish people. They're not concerned with the work of the kingdom or caring for others. It's all me, myself, and I energy. And while that may be the world's way of winning, it's not the kingdom's way of living. So don't get concerned with what the world has going on. Concern yourself with your father's business. Concern yourself with God's plan and purpose for your life. Now, kings and queens, we've learned so much about ourselves, about Joseph, and about God in this moving forward journey. We learned who or what we need to move forward from, who's in control, stewardship, letting God define your why, and encountering your past. But I think the biggest thing we've learned out of this whole thing is this last part of the saving of many lives. Now, this whole time, I thought moving forward had to do with God refining me, doing a work in me and my life. But there's something so much more empowering in knowing that everything that I've done, everything that I've been through was not in vain. And that this moving forward journey isn't just one synopsis out of my life. It is a continuous, ongoing marathon to the glory of God. So yeah, I may be done with a moving forward journey, but my whole life is a moving forward journey. I'm constantly evolving and refining into this woman of God that God has called me to be. And it's empowering to know that the whole point of me moving forward, the whole point of my name being written in the Lamb's Book of Life The whole point, kings and queens, of you being here is to produce fruit for the saving of many lives. And just like that, we wrapped up the season finale for season one of Melanin Medley. Can you believe it, kings and queens? Like, if you've made it this far, just give yourself a huge round of applause because not only am I rooting for you, God is rooting for you. And I am so, 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 so grateful for each and every one of you that have supported this podcast, supported my moving forward journey, and even supported those around you to be able to feel encouraged through this little sermon that I put out into the world. And I want you all to know that just in the spirit of trying to keep this episode a little bit more concise, I took it upon myself to conclude the story that I started in the last episode as like some bonus content in the meantime, as we go in between seasons, so that you're able to see like how my moving forward season pretty much summed out. But I will get that out to you all as soon as possible. It's already ready to go. I just didn't want this episode to go too long because, you know, as much as I love this season, my body needs some healing right now. So (laughs) I do want you all to hear some important stuff too. So I don't want you all to be left hanging on how that story panned out. So I have it saved for y'all. Just sit tight and I'll get it to you as soon as I can. So what I all wanted you all to take away from this episode is that 
basically, we are all equipped by God, every single one of us. And if ever we feel like we lack anything, he will provide it for us. In this moving forward process, it's an ongoing process about becoming and being who we've been called to be and being true reflections of God. Any imperfections that we see that aren't worthy, anything that we feel like is like in vain, any of that, God's going to use it and refine it to bring him glory in everything that he's doing. So with all that being said, I want to conclude this episode by sending out some very big thank yous to every single man, woman, and child that was able to see, experience, and really feel the blessing from this podcast. To this date, I've had 159 plays of Melanin Medley. That means 159 people have tuned in every single week or even hit some replays on some of my episodes. And to that, I want to say thank you. This is a very big number. I know the enemy will try to come in and say, oh, that's not a lot of people. There are people who get like a billion streams, blah, blah, blah. But the fact that God knew that there was a need and thirst for this podcast somewhere in this planet and that one person hit play. He said he'll leave the 99 to save the one. And the fact that there was even one play proves that God is doing a bigger work in me and in you than any of us could have ever seen. So glory to God for every single play that we've gotten for this podcast. And another thing that I want to say is that this podcast has not only impacted people nationally, but internationally. We've had people in the United States, Germany, Russia, and Brazil tune in every single time an episode was posted for this podcast. And to my national and international friends, I say thank you, I see you, and I appreciate you. And can't wait to see you in the next season. In the States, we've seen people in Georgia, Florida, North and South Carolina, Virginia, Washington, New York, and even California. And to my friends all across the world, I just say thank you so much for supporting me. And a lot of my listeners, I was pulling from Spotify and Apple users. So shout out to my Android and Apple users. Shout out to all of my listeners, no matter where you're streaming. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for turning on your notifications to be able to hear what I'm posting every single week. And kings and queens, this is the part that really shook me. I've had people as young as 18 and as old as 59 listening to this podcast. Can you believe that? Can you believe the word of God has touched every single age from 18 to 59 and everything in between? That is a major move of God that only he can take credit for. Who would want to listen to somebody in their 20-somethings? But God said, I just need your voice. And for that, I'm so, so humbled to be able to be a median, to be able to spread the word of God through this podcast. So I just want to say thank you there. So thank you for sharing, thank you for listening, and thank you for spreading the good news of this podcast, Father God. I'd also like to thank my special guests, Kiara, Faith, and Ralph, for being strong, strong supporters of this podcast from the very beginning. I remember coming to you all and asking you if you would all be so kind to be special guests on this Melanin Medley journey, and y'all were so supportive. And I just want to say a special thank you to you three for being strong advocates, strong supporters, and encouraging me every step of the way. I love you all so, so much.
I'd also like to thank my friends and family who have really been encouraging to me every step of the way as well. Like, it takes a tribe to really help people through different seasons, and I wouldn't be where I am or even have the strength to keep going without my tribe. So thank you to you all. Most importantly, I want to give God the glory. I should have started with him, but he really is the beginning and the end. So I guess it's not too bad to be able to say, thank God for allowing me to be used as a vessel for this. Um, There are a lot of moments where I felt discouraged, a lot of moments where I wasn't sure if this was actually worth it. And a lot of moments where I felt like, did God really say (laughs) to go on this mic every week or every other week? to be able to talk to these people, but you believed in me, Father God. So thank you for always being there for me and always loving me and always supporting me, even when I didn't have the strength to do it for myself. So with that being said, kings and queens, I want you all to be able to know a little bit of like, you know, behind the scenes of how this podcast is operated. Do you remember this song? This song is Autumn 2011 by Locksbeats. I often use this song when I was using any kind of transitions to be able to um, introduce some content that I may have mentioned in the past. So what about this one? Yeah, this song, kind of to the same vein, is called Lost Memories by Arrowhead. I use this as well to even introduce any past content that I may have used. But I know you all absolutely love this one. This is my main intro and outro song for Melanin Medley. It's called You and I by Soy B and Amin Maxwell. I absolutely love this song and you all let me know. Would you all want me to keep this song for the next season or change it up a little bit for season two? Now, I just wanted to make sure I gave everybody their song credits because even though I didn't... um mention them in every single song. I wanted you all to know who was what and what song was what so that you all could possibly use it for your own content. I've linked it in the show notes so that you all are able to access it. Give them some streams, give them some love, even let them know that Melanin Medley sent you so that they're able to see that I love their content so much so to put it in my podcast. It was a beautiful blessing that I was able to use. So that wraps it up for season one of Melanin Medley Kings and Queens. Stay healthy, stay blessed, stay prayed up, and continue, continue, continue to stay in your word. Don't forget to share this podcast if you thought it was a true blessing to you or even those around you. And I won't be gone for too long, but let me know if y'all want me to cover any specific topics or anything at all. So let's wrap this up with a prayer. Let us pray. 
Dear Father God, thank you for blessing us with this opportunity of fellowship. Thank you so much for nourishing our souls on everything we needed to feel equipped to go through our moving forward season. Father God, we could not have gone through this season without you. We could not have had the wherewithal, the insight or understanding to recognize why you brought us here, why you brought us to this podcast, why you brought us to this season in our lives. Father God, as we embark on this year of 2022, give us the wherewithal to be able to keep everything we've learned about our moving forward season at the forefront. Keep your why at the forefront of why you've brought us to this season in our lives, why you've called us to specific areas. Invoke our hearts, stir our spirits to be able to see how we could utilize this time to be able to give you honor and glory. Father God, no idle thing is not without blessing. So help us to be able to utilize every single thing that you've given us to be able to give you honor and glory. Help us to be good stewards over this time. Father God, we praise your holy name for blessing us with Melon and Medley, blessing us with the tribe, blessing us with people who are able to pour and speak life into everything you've called us to do. And Father God, most importantly, we pray that we operate every single day in the spirit of you and the Holy Spirit and the character of Christ and to be the man, woman, and child that you've called us to be. In your son Jesus' name we pray and ask it all. Amen. So that wraps up this week's episode of Melon and Medley, and I'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to email me at d-e-m-e-l-a-v-e-r-d-a-d at gmail.com and keep the conversation going. I'd love to hear what you, your friends, and family thought about this week's topic. Email me your questions, your thoughts, and even suggestions you may have for future episodes. Feel free to follow me on social media at the Melanin Medley Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Until next time, keep your heads up, kings and queens, and I'll see you next week. Bye.